Hey guys, before we jump in, I want to invite you to follow me on socials. You can follow me on Twitter at what I will say pod, on Instagram at what I will say, also on TikTok at what I will say, and of course, what I will say.tumblr.com will take you to my blog where you can keep up with my day to day pop culture takes. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Just search what I will say to access hours upon hours of bonus content, our secret community Discord, and so much more. Or if the Patreon is not for you, you can give us a five star rating and a good review, or even just tell a friend about the show. All of those things help us out a lot. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Well, everybody, welcome back to What I Will Say. This is Cam, and I'm here to introduce the episode. So I just wanted to jump in really quick and say this is the start of a new series on Kaler that I'm going to call the 12 Days of Kaler because we have so much to talk about. It really might take 12 episodes. Who could know? I hope those of you have been waiting around for Kaler content to kind of come back to the pod are excited. We're going to be all Kaler all the time for a minute here, except, of course, on the Patreon where we talk about everything. So this first foundational episode uh, that we go through... Amps and I took a few minutes to like just refresh people on our fandom history, like how we both got started in this, ups and downs, where we stand on Kaler, why we stand in that way. Amps and I have kind of very different paths to the fandom and different primary interests. So I think us both being on the episode is something you guys are going to enjoy. You're going to get a lot of perspectives from somebody who had really only interest in Diana and me to Amps who like only sort of ever conceptualized Taylor in a Kaler lens, at, at least in her start out in the fandom. That's sort of how she conceptualized Taylor. I wanted to give you all some timestamps, though. If you just want to get to the timeline, um, our fandom meta discussion and like introduction to all this ends at 32.25. And um, we talk about Josh Lee for a bit. That ends at that ends it to some extent. We start like Kaler, all the Kaler magic starts at 4726. Now, what I will say is I think you should give both those conversations a chance because they are going to feed into what we say later on down the road and what we say even later in this episode. But I get it. You know, time is money. You want to hear some Kaler stuff. Um, who wants to listen to a Kaler episode and listen to that much of Josh Lee? I get it. It is just part of the timeline. So we are going to be discussing it. But uh, the Kaler goodness starts at 4726. And like I said, our fandom meta conversation about how we got into the fandom and stuff ends at 3225. So there's some timestamps if you need those. But with all that said, please enjoy the episode. Well, everybody, welcome back to What I Will Say. This is Cam, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Imps. Once again, what's going on, Imps? Not much, just hanging out. I'm off work today, so super excited to use the time to record with you. Ah, we love it. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, if you haven't gone and checked out Imps' Instagram, it is popping. It is off oh. the hook over there. Please go. I'm having fun. It's it's <laughs> at Imps SMD, right? E-M-P-S. Uh, no, it's it's just it's just yeah, it's just at EMP SMD. EMP SMD. Yeah, I, I added extra S in there, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, please go give her a follow. She's got blind item analysis, pop culture appreciation, uh, hot picks of women, like whatever, you know, hot <laughs> picks of men. You got everything over there, right? Yeah. Um, so please go give her a follow and some love there. We'd love to have Imps kind of back with us in at least some social media space. Um, so today we're starting a very special series. Now we've talked Jelena. We did a vampire's deep dive. We even talked about Princess Diana. It's been a minute since we've talked Gaylor, and it's been even longer since we've talked Kaler. But this is it. This is the Kaler series. This is going to be the Kaler series, the end-all Kaler series for this podcast, until I feel like doing another one, because, you know, we always, you know, we, we can, you know, it never goes out of style, right? Um, so that's why I've got Imps here with me. Um, before we jump in. Uh, we're going to talk, we're talking the Kaler timeline. You know what? We're going to talk about Josh and Carly too, as well. And I want to be upfront about that at the top. Um, 
before we start, me and Ems are going to take a couple minutes each just to, if you're a new listener, if you're like, ah, I don't always listen to that what I will say, girl, when she goes off about vampires, but if she's talking Kayla, I'm going to come back through. Welcome. Glad to have you back. I don't hold it against you. I can't blame you. My takes on vampires are, you know, somewhat controversial. Not really, but, you know, I'm just saying. Um, can you guys tell I got a little pep in my step today? I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did take Excedrin as well, which has caffeine in it. But also, yeah, there's just a pep in my step. Don't worry about why. Um, so my history with the Kaler fandom, I feel like. If you go search me on Reddit, which don't, <laughs> who needs to hear it? You're going to find a lot of people saying nice things. Uh, appreciate to anybody who's ever said a nice thing about me on the internet. You have no idea how nice that is and how important that is to content creators. Um, I try not to read people talking about me, but when it's nice, thank you. But you're going to find some other things too. And I, I feel like now is a good time, you know, as time passes, you get more perspective, you calm down about things, you chill out about things. And I certainly exist in this space as Kaler skeptic's not the right word because I think something went down between Kaler, romantic or sexual. You know, I do. I, I do. Um, but compared to some, I, I I hang out in a more gray area skeptical space than some. And that is just how I'm built. I, I live there with Swiftron as well, though, you know, um, my feelings on that are always involving, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical about a lot of things. I'm not skeptical that Taylor's queer. You guys know that. I, I believe that with my whole heart and soul. Every other ship, I believe in some more than others, but I, I'm, you could tell me any ship. You could come and tell me Tilly never happened. I know that for a fact. Swiftcrown never happened. I know that for a fact. I'd say, okay, you know, there's some fun clues, but maybe it didn't. I, I'm open to that. But if you have seen me in the past being over like maybe something you would consider to be like negative about Kaler, a bit trolly about the quote unquote Kaler fandom, um, more skeptical in the past than I am to this day. What what better than a Kaler deep dive episode to take you through some of my history with the quote unquote Kaler fandom? And if you see me referring to Kaler's in general in the past, you guys need to know I'm talking about a niche, perhaps what some might consider to be extremist. Um, niche of Tumblr. Uh, they were led by a woman I'm just going to call TTB. Um, and she was a unhinged straight woman that imps, you kind of knew a bit and she kind of lost it. She went off the deep end a bit. Would you say? Yeah. In my opinion, it, it seems like the blogger behind that account that I initially met and, you know, we weren't friends or anything. We, we were mutuals and they were instrumental in, in helping get the name of my blog out there. Uh, so I will always appreciate that. But but the the person that I initially was interacting with did not remain the same over time. I definitely saw a shift um, yeah. in, in their behavior. Now, I am actually hopefully in the coming weeks or, you know, I think right after we finish this series, I'm actually going to do a fandom meta um, account of this person because they used to be sort of the most important person in the fandom, at least according to some. And I think according to themselves as well. I think that's accurate. I, I yeah. would agree with that. They yeah. had the biggest platform uh, back in the day. They don't anymore. Um, but what I think started out as a fun interest for them turned into an obsession and what started out as just being a part of the community turned into um, sort of creating an orthodoxy 
in that like community, a totalitarianism, that, <laughs> a, a dictatorship, perhaps. And this person um, outed people, bullied people who disagreed with them. Like I said, we're going to do a deep dive on TTB, I think, in the coming weeks. And I'm excited for that. I'm going to take a fandom newbie through the history of all that because I have a lot of notes on it. But um, they were uh, very nasty to me. For a while, there was a cordial. Uh, we had communicated a few times. I was nothing but polite. And they were polite back at first. Um, but when I dared, you know, cast any skepticism over some of their more outlandish theories, uh, I was met with some cruelty, cruel words, rudeness, and then eventually homophobia. Uh, like I said, this person was a straight person um, and did not take care with the queer community they were sort of gifted, uh, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I, I was bitter about that. I thought, you are a grown woman. They claim to be a, an adult woman. Um, and you're out here bullying teenagers for disagreeing with you about Taylor Swift's secret love life. Like that's not the move. Now, have we all spent that? If, if you spent more than 10 minutes at a fandom space, you've probably been a bitch to somebody at some point or another. I know I have, I'm not proud of it. You know, you've probably had a disagreement or been a little snarky when that wasn't needed. I, like I said, I know I have, but I think most of us would not ever out people would not ever seek to bully people would not seek to turn followers against you know, smaller blogs or smaller creators. And this person did. And um, not only did they do that, but they had what I consider, I'm sorry on this podcast, what I consider to be absolute outlandish theories, including um, that Carly and Taylor now have a baby together and are still together. I know some people in the fandom still believe, you know, do believe that it couldn't be me. Imps, I don't think you believe that. I don't. So I, I just don't believe that Taylor and Carly have a secret baby and the the the, the son that Carly has with Joshua Kutner, Kushner is some sort of front or, Prop. you know, baby for hire. I, I don't believe that. I just don't. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Heon gets kidnapped by giant rats, and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical, and remember, the universe is like a song. Yeah. So that that's probably, you know, that's one of the more outlandish theories that, you know, this person has propagated. Um, if they were propagating it in their own niche without bothering anybody else about it, I would be like, well, that's weird to believe, but you do you. But the bullying, um, the, the genuine uh, putting queer people's lives in danger by outing them to homophobic family members or friends, which happens several times with them, bullying people off the app, threatening people, um, you know, attempting to ascertain people's identities and use that as a bargaining chip against them. This is something this person all did. And that, guys, gave me a really sour taste for the quote unquote Kaler fandom. But the beautiful thing about time is time moves on and things change. And now I think the Kaler fandom is propagated by like maybe some wacky characters, but nobody that wants to hurt other people. Um, 
And I, I just want to, it felt like a good time to jump out and say like, yeah, in the past, if I've made fun of Kaler's or had a, had a, a certain tone about Kaler, um, a lot of it has to do with that. And, and some, you know, that's on me for letting, you know, one fandom niche, uh, color my experience. Although, I mean, you guys, it was a different world in the summer of 2020. There weren't Twitter Kalers. You know what I mean? There wasn't yeah. a Reddit. The Reddit didn't exist or it only just started. Yeah. Um, and, and first impressions are lasting, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's a real thing. And if you make a bad first impression, you typically have to work really hard to undo that in mm-hmm. someone's mind. So, yeah. So, you know, it, it feels like, Hey, we're doing a Kaler, uh, you know, a bit of a love, love letter to Kaler. We're talking Kaler on terms that I appreciate. And I thought, why not jump out? And, um, I don't know, just share that bit of my story with the fandom, like, and, um, that, that bad taste in my mouth stayed there for a long time, kind of due to maybe th- honestly three or four individuals who had big platforms in that space. And I think acted like bullies and also acted completely ridiculous and not rooted in reality. And yeah, that, that did, that did flavor, you know, <laughs> that, that, that left a, a bitter taste in my mouth for a while. Um, now I'm kind of over it because these people have all been deplatformed, left the fandom or are severely neutered in their reach. And, you know, the bullying seems to have calmed down a bit because the only people that go around that corner of the fandom now are just people who agree with the sort of wacky outlandish theories. And they don't, there's, you know, um, this person's blog got deleted three times, I think due to the bullying, due to the threats, it's hard to know why a hundred percent, but, um, so I think they've toned that down and they sort of, they they are in the fandom under a different name now. They have to be anonymous because, you know, Tumblr kept deleting them, but that's neither here nor there. Amps, you want to give us cliff notes? How'd you find Kaler and why it's important to you? Yeah. Uh, so I, for those of you who, who do not know, I must admit again, um, I was not a Taylor Swift fan um, until Reputation was released and not even right when it was released. It was like a little bit into 2018, when I finally acquiesced and was like, okay, fine, Taylor, this is edgy Taylor. I will check you out because I um, was very much one of those people. Uh, it, it's, it's painful for me to admit this, but you know, the truth shall cool set girl. you free. I was a cool girl. And I also very much, which this still trips me out is that I so bought into the public persona of Taylor Swift that I never even questioned it. And I was very much one of those people that was like, oh, she's annoying. Uh, Why do we have to hear so much about her? Like, she doesn't even do anything like, you know, where I'm wanting like the dirt and the absolute like depths uh, of like celebrities being terrible, you know, and she just wasn't that. And um, she just wasn't very interesting to me. And uh, I associated her with a very young crowd. Um, and I was a very, you know, an adult and very cool. And, um, I just didn't really have much interest in her at all, either way until 1989. And that's when I thought she was annoying. And and I think, I think a lot of people can attest to that, that by the time, you know, 1989 era came around, it was just like enough. Um, and so I was just like, eh, whatever. Uh, but when night, uh, sorry, when reputation was released, I really did like her new aesthetic. I, I, I loved it. I loved the hair. I loved the clothes, um, the way she was being styled, the photo shoots like that. 
really spoke to me and made me interested. So I listened to reputation and I didn't even like stream it. You guys, I just listened to it on YouTube at my work computer. And then I was like, wow, I really, really like this. What's going on. This album is incredible. And then I was like, but who is she singing about? Because you can't not know about Taylor Swift, right? Like, and the persona was annoying me because I couldn't escape it. And I all always know that like, or always knew that Taylor writes songs about her life uh, and her relationships. So my, my gut instinct was like, well, who was she singing about? Is she like dating anybody? So I Googled that and I saw Joe and I immediately said, nope. That's a lie. Like, I just was like, that's not, I, my, my insides are not okay with this. This is not, I don't feel, I'm not feeling it. Who is she really singing about? And, and up until this point, I, as much as I have immersed myself in pop culture and blind items, I remember reading Taylor's blind items, but they would just like slip off my brain, like a bar of soap. Like I just didn't, I just didn't care. I was completely indifferent to it. So they didn't stick. And I didn't have any recollection of her potentially being queer rumors or anything like that until I started digging that day that I saw, oh, she's dating some guy named Joe Alwyn. I was like, no, absolutely not. That's not it. Um, and I started digging and I, I, I dug into Tumblr and I saw these Kaler blogs and I was like, Kaler, you know, and like, you know how in Google you get like a, you just get like a little pre preview of, of what, before you click into the link. Um, and I, you know, I saw Carly Kloss and I went, Oh yeah, that's right. And like all the Kissgate stuff came flooding back to me and I was like, interesting. So I tried to access these tumblers and I couldn't because I, I didn't have a tumbler. And I was like, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Yes, I do have a tumbler because I had a tumbler back in like 2009 and it had been sitting dead for nearly 10 years. And I was like, let me get back into this. So I, I you know, redid my password, logged back in and I was able to access all of the Kaler fandom. Um, and that was the first time I ever, like all of this happened to me at once, like the Kaler stuff, learning that Taylor Swift does these like secret codes and Easter eggs. Like this was all new to me all at once. And it was very, um, I was very excited about it. Let's put it that way. I, I was like getting my brain like itched in places that hadn't been, you know, itched in a really long time or scratched in a really long time. And uh, it was it was really great. Um, so I'm becoming a Taylor Swift fan through a Kaler lens, uh, which is also why it's extremely hard for me to like dismantle that in my in my mind. And I'll admit that I am aware. I am aware. I get it. Um, but that's how I found the Kaler fandom. And of course, because TTB's blog was the most popular with the largest platform at the time, that's where I started. Um, and I got really into it and was posting stuff, but I was also posting stuff like I reactivated my Tumblr and I was, but I was also posting stuff about all celebrities. Um, I didn't really understand that uh, a lot of Tumblr is like, you have a niche, you know, a, a very narrow scope of like, you know, you're a, you're a, a 
a Taylor Swift blog or you're a Selena you know, Gomez, just Selena Gomez niche. blog or whatever. You're a, um, a supernatural TV show blog. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't like playing by any rules. Cause I just was ignorant. I didn't really know. Um, so I'm posting about all kinds of stuff. And that is right around the same time that NT from crazy days and nights started his podcast on Patreon. And of course I was like a super early adopter of that. And I was, I had said something about something NT mentioned on his podcast and everybody was like, Oh, where can I listen to it? And I was like, mm, it's behind a paywall. Um, and that's when I started doing recaps of his episodes. So people who couldn't necessarily, you know, afford the Patreon, um, they could read about what he was talking about with certain celebrities. And that's how all that kicked off. Um, now, as far as my relationship with, you know, the fandom, in the beginning, you know, TTB was really nice to me. Um, we weren't super good friends. There was very civil politeness in DMs a couple of times, nothing, nothing major. Um, like I said earlier at the top of the episode, you know, they were instrumental in pushing my blog because they would reblog things that I posted. So that sent a lot of traffic to my blog, um, which was great, you know, and that everything was, everything was fine for a very long time, you know? So this would have been in like early 2018 when this started, um, fast forward to, you know, lover being released. Um, and then I want to say even, you know, the, it, it was just kind of feeling like, okay, well, if Kaler was a thing, it's, it's clearly having some trouble or they may not even be together anymore. Carly gets engaged. Yeah, I think it's important that people know, like, in in 2015, 2016, Taylor's in its heyday. They are being spotted together, if not every week, every other week. Certainly once a month, we're getting pat photos, we're getting mentions in articles, we're getting a hangout, we're getting, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, even it's real heyday, you know, in 2014, 2015. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. This is what's so amazing. You guys are really going to start to, I feel like... um there is a mythos around Kaler that is great and I'm all for, but there's also a timeline and facts that I think, you know, from certain perspectives kind of get brushed over. And that's what we're going to cover in this podcast. We're actually going to cover in this series. We're going to cover, you know, people think the height of Kaler is maybe 2018. Well, no, I mean, they got, they we've seen once together in 2018 and none right. in 2017. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't know that. And I think if you're here to ship Kaler and to write, you know, Kaler in a heart on doodle on your notebook and to make edits, go on TikTok and uh, make edits of them together. Hey, you do you, you are valid. You're allowed to experience and, and enjoy the fandom however you want. But if you're here for the facts, which I know a lot of my listeners are, this is for you. And it's a mix of it because they're, we're going to romanticize when it's time to romanticize. We're going to get to that big sir trip and we're going to be all hard eyes <laughs> and talking about don't blame me because that is that is just a fact. That is just a fact that they went on a very romantic private holiday together and then Taylor seems to reference it in a song two years later. That is just a fact. But we're also going to talk about Josh Lee. We're going to talk about when were Carly and Taylor in in some kind of what appears to be very intense and committed connection and like the problem is is people started to get restless 2016 ends and we didn't get them together for a couple months and then 2017 not once 
they were not seen together once. And then 2018 comes along. We finally get one, um, you know, kind of photo op or event, you know, Carly goes to Taylor's concert and then nothing. And it's been nothing ever since. Now, if you want to say they're wearing the same dress or they're, they're subtweeting each other. Yeah, maybe they are. Certainly you can make cases for it, but like the fandom started to get restless and everybody started to get mad at each other around like 2019, that lover era, people started blowing up and, you know, so go, go on with your history with it. No, I mean, and that, that pretty much kind of like wraps it up. You know, I, I was starting to be like, "Mm, this is not what it once was like to me very clearly, like in the same way that my gut was telling me, I didn't really believe that Joe was the muse behind reputation. Like my gut was telling me like, Kaler's not Kalering like, like, like they once were. Um, it, it seemed very clear. Plus everybody knows I love an NT blind item from crazy days and nights. And so the blind items were definitely in step with what I was feeling and thinking um, and, and things I were seeing based on music that Taylor was releasing and, and the lyrics and songs and all that. So the more people in my blog space were trying to cling to Kaler, I was getting lots and lots of anons that were like, do you still believe it? Do you still believe they're together? Do you think they're still together? And I was just ignoring them. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything. You know, I just didn't, I didn't want to upset anybody. I know people get really passionate, you know, about things that they're invested in. And so I just, you know, but it really got to reach a fever pitch inside my anons of like, why aren't you, why aren't you talking about this? So it's, you know, I started to be a little coy about it. And then I flat out was like, you know, I don't know. I, you know, we, none of us really know. And, you know, that wasn't good enough for a lot of people. Um, and then I, it's somewhere in there, you know, I, I, I found Cam's Swift Gron blog and master post and we connected and then very quickly thereafter I found on another blog uh this realistic Kaler timeline and I you know spent all night reading it and going through every link and I was like huh now that actually makes a lot of sense and I reblogged it um which I guess in retrospect was, was kind of a stupid thing to do. Cause I did not realize the hell that I was going to unleash, uh, upon myself and upon others, um, just by a simple reblog. And because the timeline is basically like, and we're going to get into it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but the long and the short of it is that the timeline is like, yeah, Kaler had a rise and a fall. Um, and certain people in the Kaler space didn't like that. And I get it. Like it was like fucking with their, you know, their, their bag, basically. Like if people stop believing in Kaler or think that it's over, well, then what happens to my platform? What happens to my followers? What happens to my engagement? And I, I don't think many people are like monetizing Tumblr. I don't even know if that's possible, but it is an emotional attachment. Um, I would even dare say some people are addicted to that engagement. Um, whether good or bad, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying, I think it's a real thing. And people are extremely protective and possessive over their platforms. Um, so it was like, 
I guess because my blog was pretty popular that if I was saying these things about Kaler, it could cause a domino effect of a lot of other people being like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like maybe Kaler's dead, like RIP, like, you know, whatever. And, and it's that- a threat to a threat. some of these other individuals with huge platforms entirely predicated on talking about Carly Kloss, Taylor Swift will be together forever. Forever. Right. So, right. so once I reblogged that, it just, everything went to shit. Um, I got, I got a lot of nasty messages um, from prominent Kaler blogs, you know, how, how dare you? I never thought that you would, you know, turn on. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like, this is so outer limits. Like I can't, I like, you're talking to someone who didn't even realize that like, I was supposed to have just like one main topic on my Tumblr blog. (laughs) Like (laughs) I, like, I don't know, I don't know this stuff. And like, so clearly this space is not for me. Um, why am I going to force something? And then my blog got shadow banned, which I didn't even know. I, I got really weird all of a sudden. And, and people were sending me messages like, I can't find you. And I was like, huh, I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. And so I investigate that. I find out what the term shadow ban even means. Um, and then a couple days later, my blog was just gone. And I sent in one email to Tumblr support, which I don't even think is a real thing. Um, (laughs) and you know, obviously never heard anything back and just decided, you know, I'm good. Um, I'm not going to go barking up troubles tree. And if I go back in for what to, to be yelled at, bullied, told how disappointing I am, like, like, you know, and Cam said it best a few minutes ago, like when you read something nice about yourself, that's, that's great. But when you read something mean or nasty targeted towards you, it uh, it shouldn't, but it does. It just ha- carries more weight and it's what affects me. And I was like, I don't really want to open myself back up to that. Um, plus all around this time, you know, like, I don't think we were in the pandemic. Maybe we were pandemic. Yeah. When this started, it, it had just kicked in kind of. Cause you, cause you were there when I got there, you reblogged, somebody asked you, what's Diana up to? And you said, Go ask you? Swift Gron, get married. And okay. I was like, Amps knows who I am. She's a cele- <laughs> I, I was like fangirling over you. <laughs> like you have, I was like, Oh my God. I think I was like, I'm so honored you would tag me. I like wrote a whole thing. Diana's been seen with this guy, but like, who knows? She hung out with this girl. Like I wrote a whole fucking like Wikipedia page and like tried to do my best. Like I was like, oh, this is my homework I have to do for professor Amps. Oh, good time. So awesome. you were there. And then your blog disappeared, like not too long after that. Yeah. And then I I do remember when, um, the George Floyd situation happened. Mm -hmm. I remember being like, I don't even care about stupid celebrities right now. Like there's so much more important things happening in the world. And I, and I, I, I don't, you guys, I, I, you might be sitting there going like, how does she not remember? I, I really don't. Um, but that happened. And then I like, came back at some point because Taylor surprise dropped folklore. So all of this must've happened after that. Like, like, cause the George Floyd crime happened and, you know, I was there for a little bit longer and I was like, you know, I just doesn't even feel right. I, I don't, I, I just like, it's, this is so trivial. The, the celebrity stuff and the Kaler stuff is so trivial compared to what's going on in the world right now. I just felt weird. Um, yeah. Well, one thing, if you don't mean mind me in inserting one of the issues with TTB is 
people were really upset with Taylor for not speaking on it and not lending her platform to say something. I think she eventually did, but um, TTB got a ton of anons about it. And she eventually said, I'm going to stop publishing these because I don't want negativity in this space. And <laughs> for someone right. <laughs> to say, you know, the, the protests and, um, People, you know, coming to light, you know, the abuses of police, police brutality against black people in this country is just, quote unquote, negativity is disgusting and um, was not the move. And that is actually when, you know, a lot of people started to turn some people at least turned on TTB for that, which as they should. Um, yeah, so it, absolutely. it was just getting ugly in the fandom. It was. And you're so it, right about. I just didn't have, yeah, I just didn't have it in me at the time. And I do remember making a post of like, I'm taking a break. I don't know when I'll be, you know, I, and then, and then I, whatever, whatever time period that was, I, the, when I came back when Taylor surprise dropped folklore and I came back for a little bit and then the realistic Taylor timeline happened. Um, and then, and that's when everything just like, it was just like, shut it down. Like I like the, enough. Um, right. so that, that was my, my, uh, history and how I found the fandom became a Taylor Swift fan. And then I still stand by the realistic Taylor timeline. So, yeah. You know, so I- <laughs> that is, thank you for sharing that. Imps. That is what we're talking today. Now. I just want to say, the realistic Kaler timeline, if you Google it, you will find it. Feel free to follow along with us. We're going to be scanning. Um, the person who wrote it has left the fandom. I will let you guys know. I did text them and reach out. Uh, I, I they, they left me on red. I don't know that they want to speak right now. That's fine. I respect that. Um, if you guys know who wrote it and they're in touch with them and whatever, I, I'm happy to pay them the research fee I would pay for a podcast. Um, I don't want to force interacting with the fandom upon them because I think, you know, in part, um, they left the fandom for like their health. Uh, so, you know, um, I, I, I'm not going to name them because I don't know that they want to be named. Um, but I'm happy to, you know, pay them the research fee that I would, uh, if you, you know, if anybody knows the person who wrote this and is still interacting with them somewhat, they basically left the fandom, but it, you know, if you're in touch, uh, just want to let you guys know, I did not write this. I don't claim to have written this. Actually, I actually did help write it. I did help write it. I proofread and added some sections. I was reading last night and I was like, oh, I wrote this, but they wrote the bulk of it. And it's kind of awkward because they've left the fandom. And I think that's the best thing for them health wise, but like, whatever just putting that out there all all transparency um if you google realistic Kayla timeline you'll find what we're talking about and you'll find that they have uh religiously similar to my swiftcon timeline uh documented like everything um everything receipts it's incredible everything. so this is a compilation of facts um with some uh commentary on it they added their beliefs uh, uh, at the time that they wrote this, I think they were somewhat a Kaler believer, but very skeptical. So we are going to ha- add our lens onto that. I'm not going to bring along their their lens that they applied to the facts. We're just going to talk about the facts. They're very nicely documented out here. And um, briefly, like to let you guys know, like we've kind of already said, but Imps is, is um, on the, if there's a spectrum of like, don't believe it all and believe it with your whole heart, I think we're both more towards the middle but i'm on the skeptical side and you're on the believer side but neither we're yes. not that far and, apart in our belief system and we can and we can like reach out and touch hands across yes, that line easily. in the sand easily <laughs> yes we can and guys you know 
for all my Kaler skepticism, I, I love imps and have her on constantly to talk Kaler because, you know, she has that that belief in it and that love for it. And I'm certainly happy to, like, promote that as much as my own beliefs. You know what I mean? So I'm trying not to have a dictatorship um, in who <laughs> in what people believe here and don't. So with all that said, there's a couple sections of this timeline at the beginning we're going to skip. Um, but they do have notes on everything, including all the way back to the start of Carly and Josh Kushner's relationship, AKA Josh Lee, um, which started in 2012. And, and the reason I think it's important that we at least brush on this section is just because it's the truth, right? Um, I think it's, you know, similar to, I have a swift run podcast and I did what started out as a four hour long Haler deep dive. Cause if there's anything to Haler, I need to know that. <laughs> um, now I got edited down to two hours, thank God. But Kara and I recorded uh, two Christmases ago for four hours, deep diving every detail we could find on Haler. Um, it's just good for the perspective. This is going to be hours and hours long on Carly and Taylor. We're not going to spend a ton of time on Josh Kushner. But the problem is, is he's always there. He's there from the start. And he I think dates Kaler. And I think that is, to me, that lens credence to some of taylor's music about love triangles oh yeah boy does she love a an ivy a betty love illicit, triangle an illicit August, affair illicit affairs who is that about if carly isn't involved with someone else or certainly those songs could also be about other muses but you know miss zoe kravitz hello i think it's her birthday today actually really? happy birthday yeah. zoe i'm sure yeah you're happy birthday um hbd <laughs> but like so eighth of June 2012. Let's get into it. Carly and Josh meet and there's even a picture of the meeting with they were with actually like the sketchiest people that exist. They're set up by Derek Blasberg, which many of you know is like Carly's BFF big brother. He's a gay guy in New York City. He is a clout tracer and social climber. Um, and he is involved with some sketchy characters, including uh, Dasha Zukova. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And Wendy Dang Murdoch, who I believe are friends and people who are in Vladimir Putin's social circle i mean murdoch murdoch she was married to rupert murdoch who's right ruining the world, the world. with fox news i mean right. jesus <laughs> like, so um i don't know these people uh came to carly's different weddings and are in and out of her life so like I, I, to everybody who loves sunshine kaler great but like the facts don't always you know sometimes carly's just painted in a uh negative light by the company she keeps, but what have you, it's hard to know exactly what's going on. But the meet cute was the, this idea that, um, the matchmakers told Josh that Carly was better at basketball than she actually was. And so Josh paid attention to her. Of course she is 700 feet tall. So it was probably an easy thing uh, to buy, but, um, there, uh, so that's in June of 2012. I'm just going to go, here's how much time they spent together in 2012, or at least that we have like public events. Um, they took a holiday in August with Instagram founder, Kevin Sistrom. That is with Carly and Josh together. They dressed up in matching Halloween costumes. Um, they are dressed as skeletons and Josh looks wasted. You know, um, this isn't a work event where he's taking a beard or arm candy. This is like a friend's raucous drunken party by the way at this point josh is like 26 or 27 and carly is 19 um then in november uh they kind of make their first official couple moment together where carly takes josh to a victoria's secret after party um again in november a week later josh is carly's date to another fashion event um 
the then in November, uh, the Daily Mail m- mentions Josh and Carly as in a relationship together in, in de- early December. So this is they start taking off again early December. Uh, we've got Carly bringing Josh as a date to a Chanel dinner. Um, we, flash forward to February of 2013, um, and, and uh, Carly is posting Tony Garn and Cara Delevingne as her Valentines. So like. The context of Josh and Carly in the beginning, it seems a little bit confusing, but the context you need to know is that Josh's family thought Carly was simply an underwear model, that she wasn't a good enough for their, their family. And she was 19 and he was 26. Josh had actually, before he met Carly had just gotten out of a long-term relationship with a woman he went to Harvard with, um, I think his MBA. Um, and like, so Carly was supposed to be like his fun model rebound, but she kind of just stuck around. So for a while, you have these couple instances where like Carly's supposed to be dating Josh, but she posts Cara Delvin as her Valentine. And and Kaylers will point to that and say like, oh, well, obviously it's because they were important. There's another one. She gets interviewed a few months from now and she says, I haven't met my Prince Charming yet, but like I'm hoping to. But like the thing is, is like, what you have to understand is Carly, Josh sort of hid Carly for a long time. He was always going with her to like Victoria's Secret stuff or fashion events. She never came to any of his business events until like months and months, if not like a year or two later. Um, so Kayla's point to that and be like, oh, they're fake. But like, the thing is they're spending all their downtime together and Josh is coming everywhere with Carly, but Josh is not bringing Carly to his family functions because his family banned her from their events for six years, actually. Um, so like, this is just some context around like, this is Carly's story. And one thing is like, Kaylers love Carly so much, but I find it interesting that sometimes they brush over her story in favor of talking about Taylor, which who could blame them because Taylor's so much more fun and interesting to talk about than Josh Kushner, but (laughs) it is part of her story. And I will also just add one other thing, Mm -hmm. actually two other things hit me one Carly being young in the fashion industry. Um, it would be advantageous for her to have a boyfriend in particular, a boyfriend who is older, um, and stands behind a powerful, I'm not saying good, but powerful name like Kushner that would Mm -hmm. strike fear into the hearts of a lot of people that might try to mess with Carly, um, in some place like the fashion industry, it would offer her you would think some sort of protection again, not saying that's the reason it existed, but I think that's also important to, to call out. And then, and this is just interesting. Um, we have this little, you know, incestuous, like high school of celebs, um, you know, Carly was famously best friends with Tony Guerin, another model. Some mm-hmm. Kalers would like you to believe that they dated when they were younger. Um, I actually witnessed these rumors be created in real time in the Kaler fandom. So just let that be known. Um, there's really no like true basis. In fact, that Taylor, I'm sorry, that Tony and Carly ever dated, they were best friends. You can look at it with whatever lens you want. So, but, but, but basically, basically what we have is, is kind of years of Josh and Carly consistently referencing each other on social media, going places together and Carly supporting Josh's business endeavors from afar. So Carly hangs out with the Instagram founder and makes an Instagram account and Josh invests in Instagram, but Carly is not often is never taken to 
things with Josh's family for a long time. To me, that kind of says, who knows exactly what's going on here? You could say, oh, like you said, a clinical look at it. Well, this is kind of an advantageous, uh, more business relationship between the two. I tend to think, no, this is like Carly's like wants to be his girlfriend and he doesn't want to take her around his family. But certainly if she was a contract beard, uh, you know, with, with writing on the paper of like, we're going to beard for each other. She would be at his family events and she never is. Or or you could make that argument. Well, you could also make, well, you know, maybe Josh's family, he needed a beard for, for other things and not, you know, his family didn't care. It's it's impossible to know. But the thing is, is I think Kaylers do skate over or certain, you know, some niches of the fandom do skate over the fact that, you know, um, uh, Josh and Carly went to Coachella in, in 2013. And then, um, you know, Carly is posting pictures of Mikey Hess, who is Josh's best friend. Some people say his husband. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, that is what some people say, um, that they're they're attending benefits in New York City together. I'm just reading down the timeline. Um you know, uh, that, that they, they both, they both post pictures from upstate New York at the same time, um, not together, but like on June 2nd, they're both posting pictures from the same location, you know, kind of just, they, they go to Iceland together. Why are they going to Iceland together? You know, it's just kind of a lot. Um, but they're not being super loud about it, but you can just tell consistently, and guys, like this is what I call the Bailey standard. We've talked about this in other episodes, but the, Bailey is the ship between Haley Kyoko and the Bachelors Becca Tilly. Um, I did a podcast episode on it, saying yes, this is happening. You could tell from all this social media interaction, and then lo and behold, nine months later, they came out as a couple. You can tell when people are traveling together, spending time together, working on projects together, or supporting each other's work functions, and uh, referencing each other in social media or taking pictures. You know. Who knows who's to say what they're doing in the bedroom? Amps doesn't know. I don't know. Listener, you don't know. But I build timelines sort of around stuff that is substantial. They need to be in the same location. They need to be spending time together. Mm -hmm. Downtime and work time, you know, if you really want to start talking about. So, like... We have a lot of late stage Kaler tomfoolery where you have, well, they're wearing a very similar dress. Um, they're using similar catchphrases, but are they even in the same city? No. So like when you see Josh and Carly here, if they were living on separate continents, if they were only together like once a year, uh, yeah, I would say eh, they say they're dating, but they're not acting like it. But a lot of this is acting like they're dating, right? Yeah, and I think too you have to keep and and it and this is skimmed over in in the or talked about in the timeline, but it is it is true. You know, Carly was still literally a teenager. Yeah, she was nineteen, but teen nineteen, she was still you know a teenager. I can't imagine the snobbery that the Kushner family you know had towards her. You know, and and, and look, everybody, hear me now. I am not praising this family, but. Even back then, the name Trump carried some weight, right? Like, and this is before the president seen anything else. So, like, Josh's brother is married to Ivanka. Like, everybody knows that now because of the shit show that was in the White House. But pre that, to tell the Kushner family, oh, mom and dad, I'm dating Ivanka Trump, they'd be like, oh, fabulous right Right. to for josh to tell his parents hey mom and dad i'm dating a 19 year old victoria's secret model from the midwest they'd be like oh what you know Mm -hmm. it's it's she doesn't have the like pedigree no 
no college degree, no business to her name, no family fortune. No. And just, just in case people aren't aware, um, notoriously throughout history, being an actor or actress or any type of entertainer was seen as lowbrow, was seen as undesirable and just not couth. They still look down upon the entertainment industry because they, you know, they literally see them as like, you are here for my entertainment or you are here to make me money as you entertain the masses. Yeah. They see entertainment such as acting, modeling, singing. That is like grunt work to them. You know, they, they see it as you're a dancing jester. Yeah, exactly. Like these, you know, when you hear, read stories about, you know, Beyonce or JLo performing for, you know, whoever in some other part of the world, you know, it's like a $4 million performance. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. But to the people that are like, paying for the $4 million performance. That's just another Tuesday for them, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And they're like, you know, their daughter's like, I want Beyonce to perform. And they're like, you know, here's a couple million dollars. Will you do it? And then Beyonce can either say yes or no. That's just one example. But like, my point is Josh's parents were never going to be impressed uh, with Carly until much, much, much later. So I can only imagine their, you know, contempt for her in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and we're, we're well into 2013. They have spent a lot of time in the summer together. We get into the fall. Um, and, and, you know, Carly is sort of quietly, you know, um, interested in Josh's interests. So in September, she attends a talk on, on the Obamacare on the ACA and like, why is a model going to that? Well, Josh is the founder of Oscar health and, um, he probably would have been and Oscar health was a healthcare company that was very much benefited from the ACA benefited from being able to like sell insurance through the government. Basically. I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not a scientist. Y'all don't hold me to that. But basically (laughs) Josh owned a company that benefited from Obamacare. And now all of a sudden, like Carly's interested in talk on Obamacare. It's likely Josh was there and they weren't pictured together because who is Josh, but Carly got noticed because she was a a somewhat famous model at the point Um, in October, you know, Josh goes to a book launch and he doesn't take Carly. But then in November, Josh gives an address at the Wall Street Journal Innovator Awards and brings Carly as his date officially. So we're like 16, 18 months into dating. Mm -hmm. And finally, Josh brings Carly to a business function of his that his family might not be at, but would be aware he was there. Um, They sort of take a formal picture together. So like this idea that 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 Josh bought Carly as a arm candy girlfriend, perhaps beard. It kind of doesn't stack up with, with their spending like private time together and they're sort of quietly supporting each other, but they're spending a lot of time together. They're taking trips together, Iceland. They're, they're, you know, going out on holiday. And then like after 18 months, give or take 16 months, maybe not great at math. Carly finally is on his arm. You know, it's just, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess there's a world where perhaps they're gay best friends and they ease into a like bearding situation and Josh finally kind of agrees. You could make any argument of anything, but that's not how this time in Carly's life comes off to me. But enough about Josh. I know nobody came here to listen to Josh and Carly. I think it's important to, to include because it's just true. But um, let's go back to Taylor. Um, so, and we're going to talk about the, and I'm 
going to say, Kaler was real, in my opinion. Kaler, there are love songs written by Taylor Swift about Carly Kloss. I'm not doubting that. But there's an angle of Kaler that I think a lot of people don't pay a ton of attention to, which is like, there were PR moments for Kaler, not from a relationship standpoint, of course. You know, Taylor's heterosexual image was very important to her at this time. And frankly, sadly, still seems to be. But um, uh, what's going on with Taylor's life in 2013? We've kind of let's leave Carly for a minute. Taylor very famously is starting to get labeled as boy crazy, um, very publicly you know, she has this fight with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. They make a joke about, you know, oh, some young guys, Taylor Swift's going to date this young guy here. I think, um, Kev, uh, what's his name? Um, Alex P. Keaton. Oh, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I can only remember <laughs> Alex P. Keaton. I'm so oh my God, a throwback. <laughs> they say Michael J. Fox's son is here. And I think he had like kind of a young son. They're like, maybe Taylor Swift is going to date him. I think they said that at the Emmys or the Golden Globes that they're hosting. Um, not sure which, but like, Taylor gets mad. You know, she bre- she has this ugly, stupid breakup with Harry Styles at the beginning of January uh, in, in 2013. Um, and like everybody's clowning her for like talking this much about an 18 year old boy she dated publicly for three months. And by the way, remember when she dated that actual high schooler, Connor Kennedy last summer. Now, who knows how real are these relationships or not? Are they PR? Are they beards? Who knows? You know, is she really involved with Diana Agron at this time? We sure hope so. We sure wish so. But regardless, (laughs) the general public vibe was Taylor Swift is pathetic, obsessed with boys, younger guys, and that's all she cares about. And, um, you know, she had her, her PR team didn't handle it great. Um, and she didn't handle it great, but of course, you know, we know, we love Taylor. She's thin skinned and also who could blame her. It's hard. You know, that's kind of some misogynistic, uh, claims being hurled at her. So we have this issue where, you know, what are we going to do about Taylor? She's released red. That's allegedly all about Harry Styles and Jake Gyllenhaal and people are sick of it. People said, okay, it was cute with Joe Jonas. We were worried about your health with John Mayer. We love red, but now, Harry, so what are we doing? What are we doing, Taylor? And there's a very obvious PR move on Taylor's part to make her seem like, hey, I'm a girl's girl. I'm a girl mm-hmm. squad girl. I'm here for my girls. I don't care about guys. Um, to the point where she very famously said 1989 is not about boys. Now, is that because it's about Diana Agron or because it was part of her PR strategy at the time? It's hard to know. But at face value, Taylor, most of 1989, by your own Easter eggs and accounts and clues seems to be about Harry Styles. At least that's what most of the public says. So why are you saying it's not about boys? And again, hopefully, because it's really about Diana Agron, but also there's a very obvious PR move to make her seem like a cool girl's girl. I'm just here for my girls. I care about my friends. I don't care about the guys. And that's where we get songs like New Romantics and Welcome to New York, which are ostensibly about her female friendships. Although, you know, there could be hidden meanings in those as well. Girls and girls and boys and boys indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like Carly comes into the picture with Taylor. Obviously, there's a bit of a natural meet cute. You have them in exchanging tweets or, or comments towards each other in January of 2012. Taylor famously said in, in a Vogue uh, interview about her profile, I love Carly Kloss. I want to bake cookies with her. Carly famously tweets, your kitchen or mine at Taylor Swift. Um, was was that question, do you know, was that the same Vogue interview that Diana infamously yes. tweeted and was like, Taylor looks all kinds of beautiful, 70s beautiful? Yes, the same day they tweeted that. Wild. 
And this was before Taylor and and Carly or Taylor and Diana were so close. They had hung out about uh, at least publicly once before this, like six months before. And then Diana starts tweeting, love a hat, all kinds of 70 beautiful, right? Love a hat. Right. Um, so, I mean, what are the odds that they both tweet that on the same day? But hey, you know, it's a special day. I think January 17th. 2012. And this is why I keep coming back. This is, this yeah. is, that's the type of shit that Truly. I just live for. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> uh, you know, Taylor is desperately trying to recover from her boy, crazy man eater image, which she seems to loathe and who could blame her. It's, it's not a great image to have. Um, and they hang out at, at Victoria's secret fashion show, uh, rehearsals on November 12th, 2013. And, um, then they sort of allegedly meet for the first time, but really they would have met at rehearsals, but you know, Kayla Lauren, we'll give it to him. November 13th, uh, 2013 is when the Victoria's secret fashion show uh, for 2013 is filmed. And, um, Carly kind of says they met that day, but who knows, but, um, you know, there's this idea that Taylor saw Carly at the fashion show and fell madly in love with her. And maybe that's true, but, it goes, it kind of, it's worth noticing, like, Taylor was kind of all over the girls. You've got her macking on Kara. You've got her, you know, kind of crazy about all the, I actually have a TikTok where it shows, like, Taylor interacting with some of the models at these different fashion shows, Carly included, but she seems to be girl crushing on a lot of girls. Yeah. And I think, I think, yes. And I think it's fair to say, like, including, you know, including Carly amongst others. I mean, we did have the, the, the tweets and the references. And I think about, you know, oh, I love Carly. I, she's, I want to bake cookies with her. Um, so it, I think it's fair to say Carly up there with, you know, the other it girls at the time, um, all these models that, you know, Taylor Swift herself has said, like, it's an actual fantasy being around all of these beautiful women. Well, let me say this, this person, the person who wrote this timeline, it seems to be suggesting that everything to do with the Victoria's Secret fashion so you kind of see through his PR. I actually don't think that. I actually think you might see two girls falling for each other or two, a best friendship blossoming. Um, I think there was an infatuation happening, whether it was romantic or just like, I want to bake cookies with her. I want her to be my best friend. I want to show her off. I mean, I've been that way about girlfriends. Like, you get obsessed with each other so fast. I used to be like that. All, every girl I met, even as a friend, it was just like, oh my God, did we just become best friends? Which I know is from a movie about those like stepbrothers or whatever, but it is that vibe. <laughs> and I see some of that taking place. I do think um, there there's a couple instances where you can blatantly see Carly Claus and Taylor Swift whatever they have else going on, they absolutely have a contractual PR agreement. And and I will ha- I will get into my feelings on that when we get there in the timeline. This person is kind of saying the Victoria's Secret fashion show was all kind of staged. I actually don't think so. I think you, I think maybe a, a few moments of it are, are, are staged. Um, they take Polaroids and they write best friends forever on the caption. And, you know, it's Taylor and the models, I think. And like they had just met each other, <laughs> but these models did end up being in the squad um, with Taylor at professional events. Uh, they came on stage at the 1989 tour many different times, like, Eh, you know, best friends forever is a little cheesy. It's a little on the nose. Maybe there's a little plotting going on here, but I think there's genuine friendships blossoming as well. And Taylor's I, still friends with some of these women. I agree. And I, I will tell you that when I was rereading this the other night, just to prepare for, for the recording of the pod, I kept getting like Jelena mm. flashbacks of like, it's real, but it's staged. It's, it's, it's staged, but it's real. And the lines are blurring and like, 
I mean, you could also, I also throw in like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, who I think are, you know, very married for real and have the, you know, you know, it's good for business. Sure. Um, so I think that there's, there's some of that for sure going on, um, with Kaler and, and not just the early stages, but yeah, I mean, who's to say that they weren't gonna, they didn't agree to, to do this uh, up until, and we'll get into it, you know, cause I, I know exactly where you're going, you're going with it. But like, as, as we, as we go from late 2013, all the way to the like Kaler Vogue cover, mm-hmm. which, you know. Carly would never have gotten that cover by herself, not American Vogue, because that's just not typically fashion models aren't typically on the cover of American Vogue unless they're like, you know, part of a larger thing, which Carly was at one point, the girls of Instagram, I think. But let's, you know, I think this person kind of the person who wrote this timeline, I'll I'll do respect. Um, I kind of disagree with their their idea that the Victoria's Secret fashion show and, and the a couple weeks following that is Kaler in full PR mode. They I'm quoting. Um they are like they've met and it and it seems like you know there is an instant friendship and a little bit comes off as like you said it's giving Jelena and nobody here is gonna say Jelena was all PR. We know it wasn't but um the early stages of it are a bit propped up by sort of cutesy the best friends forever you know photograph i mean are you really going to go to a work event you're taylor swift you sing a couple songs you meet some gorgeous models and you're all instantly best friends with them maybe i mean yeah maybe but it also seems like okay taylor was included in the victoria's secret fashion show uh because she wanted to because it's a it's a great um pop venue to play they always have the, the hottest pop stars and um but also maybe because her PR team has been crafting uh, a plan to get rid of her man-eater image, and that is going to involve a hashtag squad. I mean, as she said in Mastermind, you know, nobody wanted to play with me a little when I was a little kid, so I've been scheming. Like, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that Taylor schemed her way into a romantic connection with Carly. I don't necessarily think Mastermind's about her, but it could be. I think we did. We talked about that on the bonus pod. If you guys want, well, you know, I think all all of the songs are yeah, ninety five percent. Oh, if you guys want Kaylor Midnight's analysis, it is on the bonus pod. I gave him the mic and I said, "Let's still have more every song. We have more. We're gonna do another episode on that (laughs) probably in the coming week or so. Like we'll get that up pretty soon, actually. Um, but like I think she schemed her way into a friendship with Carly that she could show off to the world and show I've got the coolest model as my best friend. She seems her way into yeah. like a romance with her, I think, you know, and I, I do think it's, it's real and it's fake. It's, it's Jelena. It is so much of what we see in the celeb world where these actors and, and people and, and pop stars and people who play a role for a living, they sell their life out and they, you know, they sell it out and they say, I think they forget what is real or what is fake. Well, and how could you not? I mean, if you think about it realistically for a second, like just when you're, take Jelena, for example, or even Kaylor, like when you're in a quote unquote PR relationship, it doesn't really matter if it's real or it's fake, because what matters is it's obligating your time to this person as if a real relationship were in place. Um, and I think that's why it gets so messy sometimes. Cause it's like, Jesus, I'm not really even in love with this person, but I have to spend X amount of time with them. We've got um, a kiss in the grocery store, Brie Larson. you know, we've got to, we've got to make out in public. We got to go on dates and on the chance. Mm-hmm. 
that you're having actually having a good time with the cosplay. Why wouldn't you fall in love? Yeah. How could it not blur into, I mean, that's why people like nine times out of 10 people fall in love on a movie set, right? Because it's the setting and it's this magical and it's the cinema and like you're together every day, all day long, all night long for, you know, six, eight, 12 month period. It becomes your reality. Right. Um, and yeah, I very much think Taylor wanted to show off her famous six foot tall model best friend. I, I would, I mean, you look at paparazzi pictures of them from, you know, the 2014, especially like they look like they're walking around New York city. Like we are the shit. And you know what they were. Yeah. And I would have felt the same way. <laughs> so let's, so with all that stage set and that context and that commentary from us added, take it or leave it, you know, it's just our takes. Let's hop back to the timeline though. And Let's let's keep in mind the Diana Agron of it all. Now, we haven't seen them hanging out in a couple months at this point. Uh, you know, they went out uh, to that fun concert and um, Diana did not look happy, although it's just a brief instance. But who knows? And then, of course, you know, you get down the line. Oh, it would have been fun if you had been the one who knows what that concert represented, <laughs> them for, represented for them or not. But if you allow me to jump forward in the timeline, just by like two months, I'm, I'm going to point something out. Taylor had a lover diary entry in January 6, 2014 that said, they say, if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back, blah, blah, blah. So I'm leaving the day after tomorrow. Dating is awful. Love is fiction slash a myth. I'm over it all. Now, I don't doubt that Taylor developed a real healthy crush on Carly in these early two months in that November event, but she's also obviously still processing something. And, you know, we get the song style and uh, in 2020, you know, Kevin McHale came out and said sometime in late winter, early spring. So like February, maybe March, it's hard to know when they were filming the episode he's talking about, but it is that 2014 time period. Um, Taylor uh, shows up on the Glee set just to see who was there and is disappointed when it's only Kevin. So whatever's going on with uh, Carly, uh, with Taylor and Carly, eh, you know, Taylor still has a little unfinished baggage, maybe not much, but a little bit with Diana. So uh, if you want to say it's love at first sight for Carly and Taylor, sure. M maybe it is crush at first sight, love at first sight, best, bestie hood at first sight. Infatuation. Infatuation at first sight sure. is a good way to put it. But it is not. They didn't, they did not meet on November 14th. And then like, uh, some psychotic lesbians become girlfriends, you know, like nine days later or whatever, like they, I don't, cause I don't think I, cause well, Josh was still in the picture, right. right. We can't forget about and that. Diana's and I don't think Taylor. Yeah. I just would say, I don't think Taylor was 100% emotionally available. Um, but what better way to distract you oh, yeah. from oh, a yeah. breakup than one Carly Kloss. And I will stand by that even if it's toxic. So all that said, you know, flashback to November 2013, you know, um, Carly got a bouquet of flowers. Uh, she posted to Instagram and said they're from the, quote, person she loves. It doesn't seem likely that that's Taylor, uh, you know, the day after they have kind of met for the first time. Anything's possible, I guess. But let's not forget dating is awful. Love is a myth. I'm over. I'm, you know, I'm over it. Uh, I'm not like whatever. Well, it could have been from anybody, but, you know, just just to note that, I mean, I think some people say it's Taylor, that they fell in love on that first day and that was that. 
It could, they could have been, I probably don't really buy into that. Right. So the caption, I pulled it up just to check and it is a gorgeous bouquet of like violets and roses. I think very, very pretty. Um, and Carly says nothing better than receiving your favorite flowers from the person you love. Is that Taylor the day after they met? Maybe if they are being bonkers, unhinged lesbians about it, it's, I don't know. Um, seems more likely that they might be from Josh or certainly not Taylor. So like, because Taylor is love, you know, love is a myth. I'm over it. Right. She's right. not there. I yet. agree. She's still I agree. creeping onto the, the Glee set. I mean, who could know who could know, but the day after they met seems a bit extreme. Or maybe Carly posted them. They were from Josh and Carly posted them. Make Taylor to jealous. make Taylor jealous. Get her interested. <laughs> hey, I would buy that before I would buy. They fell in love on the first day. Although, I mean, you never know with, with lesbians or, or, or queer women, I should say. And even if they did, even if there was a, a spark immediately, that's okay. You still need to have time to process that and to process other people potentially out like Diana or yep. even Josh. Josh, if Josh yep. was, you know, still being his um, distant self, um, you know. Yeah. So for the next few weeks, we start getting different, uh, really just fallout from the Victoria's Secret fashion show. So we get a lot of content and it's a lot of Kaler content with a K, if you will. But um, it's, it's not necessarily that they're hanging out again. It's just all throwbacks to the fashion show. Um, so but they are posting about each other a lot. And right they're after doing a lot of little tweet cutes, subtweets, yeah, so things Instagrams, like that. Yeah. So on December 10th, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show airs, and there's, of course, tons of Kaler in it. And Carly gives an interview, uh, I think, to, to Hollywood Take and maybe another place where she says about Taylor, she is my new BFF. I'm obsessed with her. She's really, really sweet. I was so glad she was a part of the show this year. She brought such an energy. Um, the day after, Carly posts a video of, quote, unquote, her girl Taylor on the runway, Um she oh Carly posted Twitter the famous we were both young when I first saw you favorite Taylor song XOX um so Carly is they were getting lots of references to Kaylor all in context of the Victoria's Secret fashion show so a work thing for both of them so if you if you're looking for like who's accompanying people to you know who who's promoting each other and how and what kind of time are they spending together it's just I'm not saying that Kaylor is only PR and I will never say that. But I think if we look at it realistically, we see instances of cross-promotional behavior and we see instances of genuine friendship. But this early stage stuff, it's all about the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, which was a work event for Carly and a work event for Taylor. So yeah, and it would be stupid not to cross-promote. What the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing if you're not, you're famous people? Like what? Right. It what just would comes you, what else the, would you be doing? Precisely. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just and even if even if they had met at some other famous, like say they had met at like Cara Delevingne's birthday party, completely in private, right? And there was never the Victoria's Secret fashion show, they would still be cross promoting each other at some point because right. well, you, that's just bad business if you're not doing one hundred percent. And that doesn't mean anything except that it'd be bad it, business. Know. Right, 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 right. So, um, but two days later after Carly's, we were both young when I first saw you love story tweeting Taylor, whatever on the 15th, Josh and Carly post the same picture of her back and she credits him as taking the picture. Um, she actually posted on the 14th and then Josh, you know, gets around to posting it on the 15th, which kind of continues the pattern of like, 
for early Josh Lee, if I didn't make this clear, she's the eager beaver and he's a little reserved. He holds back. You know, she brings him to all her work stuff, but he doesn't bring her to his work stuff for a while. Right. We, we kind of seen this pattern. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but Carly being so eager, look at this picture of my back that my boyfriend Josh took and Josh sort of gets around to posting it the next day. I don't know, you know, um, Josh. Uh, so we've got Josh and Taylor in Carly's life now. Remember, a lot of this timeline is about Carly's story, which is why it's so interesting to compare the, the Taylor and the Josh in it uh, on January 4th. The first picture of Josh's face ever is uh, posted to Carly's Instagram. Um, this is from a trip they took to India and Burma. And I know there's something about Burma. There's a Burma conspiracy. We will get to it. It has to do with Kaylor and seem, some people seem to think it proves Josh Lee is fake or, or posting misleading throwbacks. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but this isn't that instance, but um, Josh's face is on uh, you know, uh, Carly's Instagram. And then two days later, Taylor is writing about love is fiction, a myth. It seems to be a reference back to um, Diana or Harry or whoever that you think is maybe Taylor's having a breakup with at that time. And the style of it all, you know, we never go out of style. That is written um, not long after this, this that was written in February of 2014. Um Carly throughout January is posting a lot of throwbacks, throwbacks to her vacation to Burma and India with Josh. Um, she seems to have enjoyed it a lot, uh, but who knows what that means? You know, they've been to Iceland before. Now they've gone to India and Burma. Great. Is it fake or real? I don't know. They're traveling together. Traveling yeah. together meets the Bailey standard. So and, there's yep, that. And, and I agree. And I also would just remind you know from from my side of the 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 spectrum you know to take for for a joshua kushner to go to iceland or go that's like me like going on a road trip to like right it's not the biggest deal in the world uh, you know like, it's like running down to the convenience store well <laughs> you, you know or uh, like well maybe, yeah yes but yes pretty you're easy. getting my point like it's it's super easy for these people to take what I would consider what I do consider to be a trip of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you ever even are fortunate enough to go visit places like that, you probably don't do it often, you know, but it's, it's nothing for them to just jump on a private jet and, and go do this. So um, while yes, they're traveling together, I think that is significant. Um, I don't, I don't get too caught up in the like, Oh, this like this grand gesture. Cause it's like, eh, that's like, I, I think know, it's meaningless either way. Going to Orlando. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not. meaningless. I, I don't think it proves they're fake. I don't think it proves they're real. I do like to see couples be, you know, are they real or are they fake? People traveling together consistently makes me think they're real, but this is one instance. Who knows what it means? Carly posts a lot of pictures of it. Is that because she really enjoyed it or is that because he's her big gay beard and she's now with Taylor, so she's trying to sell the relationship? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, right? I, I think they're real and we'll talk a lot about Josh Lee in this series. Um, let me hearken back real quick. I mean, the ivy of it all, the illicit affairs of it all. Real Josh Lee makes Taylor Betty a lot of it all. better. Real Josh Lee makes Kayla a lot sexier and makes a lot more of Taylor's music about Carly. Because if they were just in true love, what's the affair if they were just girlfriends? If Car if Josh and Taylor were fighting over Carly for, you know, however many years, it just 
a lot of it makes sense. A lot of it, it just makes I, sense. I, I think some of Taylor's music, which I consider to be, you know, the illicit affairs, like how does illicit affairs make sense? If it's about Carly Kloss, which I think you can make a really great case that it is, how does it make sense if Josh is Carly's beard? It doesn't to me. Like, I, you know, it just doesn't. Like, you could say it's about Zoe who had a husband and got divorced. And then Taylor yeah. said her favorite yeah. word is divorcee. And we love that. We love some Zayler. But I mean, there's a Kaler lens that makes sense on, even, you know, even all the way into folklore. Imps, any closing thoughts on this early section of the timeline? No, I, I agree with, with everything you just said. And it's um, nice to revisit. I haven't read this in a while. Um, and it's, it's good to kind of have an anchor in, in reality because it is so easy to get, you know, lost, lost in this love story. Now I do still, I do think that, you know, Kaylor is one of the greatest and most tragic love stories of, of our time. Um, but I, I, I think this is a good, a good stopping place. You know, we've laid the foundation and, and the next episode is going to open up r- real juicy with, you know, we're going to get romantic. March, 2014. Yes. <laughs> we're going to get romantic about Kaylor to those of you who are hardcore Kaylors. Hey, thank you for sitting through talking about Josh Lee. I know it's probably not your favorite subject, but it is just part of the, the tapestry. And I think it becomes important in Taylor's music. And um, I think, We'll, we will come to see that as we go down the timeline and then discuss, you know, some of the fallout of the the music that kind of comes after Carly disappears from Taylor's life. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, even if you, if you don't like hearing about Josh, um, I, I, I'm with you. I agree. However, you know, going back to Taylor's music, it, it really lends an explanation to me as to you know, we, I always talk about following my own logic, whether it's like, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. But if I'm going to sit here and continue to believe that so much of Taylor's music, you know, recently in the past couple of years has been about Kaylor, um, this lends a good explanation as to why it was so, so it's been so hard for her to move on. Because it wasn't um, a simple it oh, I met a girl. Simple. We like each other. We dated. We had to hide it, but we were just in love. It, it, yeah, it was never simple. It was messy. And she never really fully had Carly the way she wanted to, I think. And that therefore it never really had the closure. I mean, yeah, I think that is one way to look at it. You know, for me, I think there's other women after Carly, but I still think there's Carly music on Folkmore. And, um, I'm trying to think. I do think, yeah, I do think there's music on Midnight's too about Carly. Certainly, probably not as much as some think, but um, I still think it's there, you know. And I think you're exactly right. Like, I think if you want to sit here and make edits and ship Carly and Taylor and write them in your head as monogamous love story, I'm not. I, that's fine. I'm, you know, I might not read your fanfic on the pod, or like, I might not subscribe to those beliefs. I should say, but I don't think less of people who do that but you know i just i want the whole picture i want the whole damn tapestry with every element that we can find and reasonably sort of assign to kaler i'm bringing it all so if you're into that you're gonna be into this series guys thanks for joining us imps thanks for joining us uh thanks for taking me through this i wouldn't want to talk about kaler with anyone but you um you know your love for that ship and your your roots in that ship and fandom uh i think are so incredible for people to get to share in and uh plug your instagram one more time make sure people can come find you 
Yeah. If you are interested, it's at EMP SMD and I'm there. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying with the content. I, I told you guys from the top, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> I, I don't know what I could really offer, but I'm trying. So uh, happy to have you join and and hang out with me and, and talk to me. I've I've gotten some really cool followers that you know we're mutuals now and and DMing and and talking all the things. I had a great conversation with someone today about Kelly Clarkson. So you know, come come hang out. I would love, love for you to. It's a great space. I think you've done a great job making a fun little gossipy pop culture space that's not completely bonkers. Um, <laughs> guys, you know where to come find me at what I will say on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm going to be back on TikTok. I'm actually about to go post a video now. So hooray. Um, and uh, what I will say.tumblr.com. And never forget, please give the show a five star rating if you can spare it. That helps us out more than you can know. And you can support the show at what I will say on Patreon and hear me and Imps assign basically every song on Midnight's to Carly. So that's there, as well as other announcements. Tilly Nation and I are recording tomorrow. We're going to assign every song on Midnight's to Lily Donaldson because guess what? We don't know, so we get to have fun having every discussion. And with all that said, uh, please stay safe in 2022. Please let's just keep getting registered to vote. I feel like I want to ride that train. I'll think of another saying, but like the midterms went pretty well. Hooray. Um, but let's keep getting registered to vote and gaslight gatekeep girl boss and amps live, laugh, lurk immediately right now. Bye everybody. Bye.